Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Good morning, this is Paula Granquist, and you're listening to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Thanks so much for listening to the show that celebrates all things creating and, of course, shares great stories that I hope inspire you to get your imagination tuned. And, you know, one of the keys to harnessing the power of our imagination is applying the act of transformation. With imagination, we can conjure a something in our mind. And that's the easiest and the wildest part of the process. Then to share that vision and move that conjecture forward, we need to take action to bring that idea, image, thought, story, expression, or emotion to life. We are acting as translators of the mind. And that is why creating is such a challenge. And, you know, I used to tell my writing students that it's like taking something that has 12 dimensions when you see it in your imagination and then trying to put that down into words that are made up of only 26 letter keys. Something will be missed in the first translation. And there's a whole lot of play and rearranging and editing and messing around with the idea until you can get close to matching those multi-dimensions. In fact, we shouldn't expect that the first draft will even be close to the finished product. We may, may even have to take some of the side trips and an unexpected journey that can lead us to rethink our original connotation from our imagination. And that's all okay, and it's a big part of the process of engaging with our imagination. We're having a conversation that will hopefully lead us to a something, a something that inspires or entertains or informs us about the world around us. Following through on that transposition is where the wonder of imagination and being human intersect. For me, one of the joys of entering this space each week on Arts Any Radio is that I get to discover more about the imagination and our human lives. And what I've learned over the years is that there are practices and processes that are similar across all mediums of creativity. And we are all capable of this conversation with our imaginations and can apply it to many different artistic expressions. And it's never too late to start. So there's this magic that happens in that process of engaging the imagination. I want people to experience it, and that's what I love doing on this show. I want these shows to inspire everyone to engage and enter the process of active translation. It is possible and, dare I say, necessary for all of us. So go forward and use your imagination. Just ask yourself, what if? What if I did this? How would that look, feel, sound? Just start exploring start with a something and just imagine what might be possible. You could start with a blank canvas, a notebook page, a skein of yarn, a box of doodads, a keyboard, a box of markers, and maybe you want to start with a lump of clay. What is possible? How can you translate this blob that wants to be in the world? And you never know where it'll take you. And I'm excited today, and I hope you can find some inspiration in the stories we're going to share on today's show, because today we're going to explore the world of ceramics through the fabulous Cannon River Clay Tour. And I want to welcome to the show my guests today who are going to be here um, talking about the Cannon River Clay Show. I've got Christy Clark and Al Holen. I'm going to turn on the mic, and I hope that uh, Al is going to be with us. Let me try this. Al, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Woo, we did it. <laughs> Welcome to Art Zany Radio. We had a few technical issues this morning getting connected, but we are now, and Christy is here as well with me in the studio. Hi. Welcome to Art Right on. Hi, Christy. Hi, Al. <laughs> and we are ready to go ahead and start our exploration. For those of you who should mark your calendar, the Cannon River Clay Tour, the website is com, and it is next weekend, Saturday the 19th and Sunday the 20th, both days from 10 to 5. There's four different locations and 10 local clay artists plus guest artists from around the country coming to visit us. It's really exciting, and it's a beautiful show. I love this weekend, and there are lots of of great things to see. It's a self-guided tour and lots of things on sale that just might surprise you about what's possible with ceramics. 
So let's get started and talk a little bit about, um, I'll have each of you maybe introduce yourselves and talk a little bit about how do you describe the clay work that you do and um, how do you um, think about your process of bringing a lump of clay into a something in the world. So Christy, do you want to start? Oh, okay. Um, well, I uh, my my work has uh, changed quite a bit since I started. I've I've actually I've lived I've lived here in um, Northfield for forty six years. And when I first started out here, I was a production potter and I worked in um, um, <laughs> I don't know if that's my my phone, but I'm going to ignore it. <laughs> um, I uh, worked as a functional potter, and I worked on the wheel, and it was all very um, straightforward uh, mugs. I would make 50 or 100 mugs in a in a pop, and um, uh, quiche plates, uh, and, and it would all sell, and I'd do all the, the big shows in the upper Midwest. And, um, and now... In my in my old age, I'm I'm doing work that is more from my heart, and it is work that is uh, hand built, slab built. It is I don't know where it comes from exactly, uh, but it is um, it's really has an ancient feel. Um, mm -hmm. It it comes up from somewhere. Um, I was I was. Um, inspired by ancient Chinese pottery that I had seen and, and Japanese pottery that has an a Asian kind of bent to it, but yet it's it's very modern at the same time, and um, and and it has a lot of textures, and it has a lot of uh, mm, colors. I like to work with, and I use my fingers, and I blend the colors into it, and and um, they they are more like objects rather than functional objects. Yet they can be. A lot of them are more like they can sit on your your uh, you know your table, and you can put flowers in mm -hmm. them. But they can also just sit there, and they just cut they cut the the air. Uh, they they fill the space, um, they they fill the negative space with with an interesting positive space. I, you know, I'm an artist. That's, that's how I look at things. <laughs> yeah, and you're right because they are. They have these um, the the colors and the that you're right about the idea that they both feel modern and. Uh, Ancient, ancient at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can visit Christy Clark's website at Christy Clark, which is C L A R K E dot com. To well, get Christy is with a C H. Uh, I suppose there's different ways to oh, spell yeah, that well, too. Yeah. Up here, a lot of people want to spell it with a K. But Correct. C H R I S T I E. Yeah. C L A R K E. So you can check check our website too at kymnradio.net because we'll have a link on the posting under Art Zany Radio. But uh, just because you want, we want people to see the pictures because it's hard to describe. It is. Um, and I bet you did a lovely job kind oh, of introducing you. us to your work. Let's hear um, from Al now who is calling in from Indiana. So it's exciting that you're, we were able to make that connection <laughs> and uh, you're coming back to visit us for the Cannon River Clay Tour. How do you describe your work? And, and I, I'm really interested interested in the sculptural elements that are a part of your world. Yeah, I, I think it's so interesting that Christy started out uh, as a production potter as well, because I, I started out uh, throwing at Red Wing Stoneware Company. Oh. Um, that was my first job out of college, was uh, throwing pots for Red Wing Stoneware um, <laughs> as a production potter. And so that's, that's kind of where I got my chops, too. And I... Um, I still, you know, when I talk to my students and whatnot, I really credit that time in making me a much more efficient thrower than I than I ever had been. Um, but I, I grew up um, with a father who is an amazing artist. His name is Norman Holen, and he taught at Oxford College for um, almost 40 years, teaching sculpture and drawing and um, ceramics as well. And, but he, he's a sculptor at heart. And so my home that I grew up in was you know, practically a gallery is just so beautiful, so many beautiful objects. But, you know, as a child, it was always don't touch and, you know, be careful. 
and whatnot, but we would sit down to meals um, and use pots, you know, by Warren McKenzie and Chuck Holling and uh, Peter Leach, some of the Minnesota <laughs> greats, and those I could touch. So there was always a, um, a pleasure for me in developing a relationship with functional objects, yet I think because I grew up with such, um, such uh, sharp uh, sculptural um, models, in my mind, I wanted my functional work to have a sculptural presence. And so that's kind of where my work, I think, fits into the, fits into the canon of the functional object. And I do, I, I just love function. And some people I know think of function as kind of restrictive. And I, I kind of think of it as a, as a launching pad. I guess I feel like if I don't have restrictions, I get overwhelmed by the, by the, um, the amount of possibilities I need to hone myself in a little bit. <laughs> and, so, and so keeping within that functional realm really, uh, really helps me focus. Yeah, and you have elements that um, kind of make it surprising because it, it, it might be functional, but sometimes you have to play with it to figure out. Tell us a little about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's rarely about like ease of function, except, <laughs> of course, you know, in a in a your standard coffee mug, you know, you want it to. But it, but even then, it's real important to me that it feels interesting in your hand and that it has some uh, nice tactile qualities. Um, but yeah, I really like to um, kind of make the function sometimes even just ridiculous. You know, <laughs> I have I have uh, like butter mm-hmm. butter dishes that are all spiky on top. They're called lower your cholesterol butter dishes. You know, you've got to think long and hard before you finish that lid off because <laughs> it's all spiky. You know, um, so just kind of playing with those kind of ideas and. And being able to, there, there was this, I had this experience in graduate school. It was so interesting. I, I went to graduate school at the University of Iowa. And there's a huge um, wood firing history there. Well, at the time, um, you know, they had the first wood kilns in an academic setting in North America. And it was really exciting to work with, uh, to work with Chuck Hines, who was a wood fire uh, guru. And the aesthetic was very kind of japanese um, and bazen and very um, dark, kind of chunky, that kind of look to the work, which didn't necessarily appeal to me. But, the, you know, and the T-bowl, the T-bowl aspect, and for those who don't know, like the T-bowl is this ritual vessel that um, is supposed to have all these different undulations, and there's a best side, and in the whole tea ceremony, there's a way to present the tea bowl to the honored guests, and it's um, it's this beautiful ritual. But unless you've really entrenched yourself in the subtleties of that um, of that um, ritual, it's it can be lost. And so I didn't necessarily understand that. And one of my grad student buddies was drinking green tea out of this big kind of clunky looking in my mind tea bowl and and I said hey I think there's a there might be a brick outside that's lighter to drink out of your tea or to drink your tea out of <laughs> and he he just kind of laughed at me but then he uh he washed it and he brought it to me and he said you know use it and let me know what you think and if you don't like it you can give it back but but use it for a week or two and it was so large I didn't drink out of it, but I was, you know, eat my ramen noodles out of it and whatnot. And I found in using it that there was this, I would have this tactile experience. It wasn't smooth. It was, it had all sorts of different um, textural cues that I would, I found myself kind of longing for, or I would know if I rotated it this certain way that it would feel, oh, that's that spot. That's how I like to hold it. And then I had this, you know, kind of epiphany. I'm like, it, it's not about the ease of function. It's about the awareness of function, being aware of this object, having that object actually take up part of my mental space and my thought space and my sensory space. And that became fascinating to me. And since that experience, um, that's kind of driven my work. That is really incredible, and I love the way that you, you know, had that one experience with the T-Bowl, and it kind of sent you in a direction. And I think the yeah. other interesting yeah, that's thing... That's very, very Asian. And that's yeah. Very, and the wabi-sabi yeah. mm-hmm. of, I remember... Yes, the, yeah, that, that wabi-sabi about, idea, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. 
Who want, do you want to tell us some more about that, uh, Christy? No, that's no. A whole, okay. that's it's a whole. whole that's a whole other show. Don't even go in there. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> but it's wonderful. Yeah, someday. Well, and I thought yeah. the other interesting thing was that um, Al, you said that um, you both. So you both started with functional pottery. It made me think that a lot of times those writers that um, have a lot of success or have a, early beginnings in journalism. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're on a production, mm-hmm. they're producing mm-hmm. things yes. on a regular basis and have to continually, uh, nothing's precious, right? They, they can work through, uh, any piece, but they've got to meet those deadlines. Yeah. You have to be functional. Yeah. So and you learn a yes, lot by, yeah. by stripping things down and, and, uh, being efficient. Yeah, let's talk about that. Tell me in, in, in the years that you've been doing pottery, what how has your process developed? Let's start with Christy. And um, what what are some of the lessons that maybe you wish you would have lear- known sooner um, oh. about pottery? Ah, well, yes. Because uh, <laughs> I know that pottery can teach a lot. And it, it's... <laughs> well, yes, there's a lot to learn. Um, and I think what I, what I learned uh, was that I, I needed... I needed to listen to myself because I burned out from from doing too much functional pottery, um, and I really needed to listen to the artistic side mm-hmm. that that was telling me you needed you need to not listen to the marketplace. You need to listen to yourself, and I was mm-hmm. I was listening to my customers, and I was saying, oh, I have to need. I need to make more mugs. I need to make more quiche plates. I need to make more, uh, you know, this and that, the things that we're selling. And I was turning myself into a machine, and and I was not built to be a machine. Um, and I hated it, but somehow I felt in my, my little tiny brain that that seemed to be the thing that I needed to do. So I burned out, and... Um, and what I really needed to be doing and uh, was uh, at that time was, was to be making one of a kind pieces. That and at the time I, I had had a chance to make these these boxes with legs on them, and they were uh, really kind of amazing and wonderful, and I loved them. And but I wouldn't give myself permission to make them, and so. <laughs> So that was a whole that was a whole other thing, and that, so, that was a hard thing to learn. That was that was a real lesson. So so probably what the key word you said there was you loved them, and, but I wouldn't give myself permission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and, know that was just you know I was in my thirties and forties, and you know it was just like no no. So then I went into teaching, and then that was a whole other thing. But well, that we'll was get... wonderful. That was wonderful. <laughs> I love teaching. Yes, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really a fascinating point. And uh, how about for you, Al? Are there things that you know you learned along the way that you wish you would have learned sooner, or is it is it necessary to go through all of those you know left and right turns and tracks that you think what am I doing in order to get to where you are today? Yeah, I'm. I'm really grateful for all those experiences, even, you know, even just uh, production pottery, because it definitely made me a better thrower. And it also taught me what I don't want to do. And I think knowing that, you know, being able to process of elimination, figure out what you, what isn't inspiring, what isn't exciting. I think that's, uh, I think that's important. I, I still, however, like end of the day, there is nothing that makes me happier than, than full wearboards. You know, I'll, I'll look at my throwing for the day and be like, oh, look at that. You know, just having that, um, having those moments to say those were all, you know, formless lumps of clay yeah. not that long ago. And look oh. at, look at their potential now, you know, and, and that's just a beautiful feeling to the potential that. of things. Yeah. I, I, I think there's something though in um, ceramics, like listening to your intro and it was so beautiful talking about the, um, the imagination and working through and the processes and whatnot. And that's one of the things that I think is most challenging in ceramics is that the time that it is the most tactile and the most joyous and the most fun is when it's this plastic clay that you're forming, when it, when it is taking on the movements that you're giving it, when it's uh, listening to the cues that you're telling it. But then that's just the very, very beginning, like in, in the lifespan of a in the lifespan of a pot, that is the smallest part. That is, <laughs> that is the shortest amount of time. You know, even drying takes longer than the making. And then mm-hmm. from there, then the bisque firing, that's usually at least a 12-hour process. And then it comes out of the bisque firing. Then everything needs to be cleaned and or waxed and or 
um, processed for glazing, and then the glazing takes some time, and then the from there, then the final firing takes you know at least twelve hours again, and so it's it's this um, it's this kind of marathon, and to to hang on to the original spirit of the piece through that entire process is a challenge that that. I'm still um, I'm still coming to terms with and reckoning with, and I've been working a lot on um, developing surfaces that I get to interact with more in the um, what we call greenware state before the clay is fired mm-hmm. the first time when it's um, when it's uh, any time before it's fired it's considered greenware it's still considered clay it's not ceramic yet it's uh, it's in that clay stage and I enjoy the clay the most when it's clay. Um, but I work with it the least when it's clay. And so I'm working on, and, and people will see some of that in the, in the show at Cannon River. I, I'm doing a lot more with underglazed designs and, um, and working with it in that greenware stage that's, that I'm really having a lot of fun with. Well, so, I, you know, you, you develop different ideas about, you know, where, where do I find the joy in this process? Where's, where's the most, what is the most exciting for me? And for yeah. me, it's in that greenware stage. I think that's really important. And it also, that is one of the things that I've always found amazing about clay artists is the possibilities of things going wrong at any one of those stages. (laughs) Don't remind me. I haven't put any of my work for Cannon River in the final firing. Okay. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) Well, and right. So your productions, you you really have to do do a lot of planning because you can't just make it the night before or finish off the the pieces. You're you're working (laughs) months in advance. I was thinking about too, because one of the things both, both of your pieces have are a Mm -hmm. lot of, um, added pieces so what like the the feet on the the boxes or the mm-hmm. spikes on the butter dishes or the balls on those uh sake sets um the mm-hmm. um just you know the lids and, and every mm-hmm. uh little mm-hmm. piece that you add adds another dimension of um where things could could go askew um, t- t- <laughs> tell me about, let's start with Christy, about uh, building something and then ensuring, I- I'm very curious about how you ensure that that attachment or that extra part is going to uh, fit where you want it or be the right proportion when you finish firing. Uh, that's something that I haven't talked about before about clay. And I was thinking about that, looking at both of your works because. Oh, well, that the, the attachments, that that's that's pretty pedestrian clay stuff where you 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 learn that in the very beginning where you you score and you slip and you 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 know you learn that pretty early on that if you don't do it properly it'll fall <laughs> off immediately yep. you know you teach that to your students and, can, you know. so can you know yep. that before you put it into the kiln that like oh yeah oh so you can see ahead of time it's not something you have to wait till after the kiln to figure oh, out no, if you no. did it right oh no you, oh. You, 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 yeah this is that's you know you you know you yep. know darn well you if you put it on right or not and after after you know two weeks of working with clay you'll know if you've put on a an attachment properly or not <laughs> it seems magical to me <laughs> yeah but... <laughs> i mean most yeah. you know a lot of times you know that when you're first doing it you you just put a piece of, you know, put a ball of clay onto a piece of clay and you, and it sticks and you go, Oh, it's stuck, you know, and, and then it dries and it plops off and you go, Oh, you know, but in the, in, you know, and you, as a teacher, you have to say, no, you have to, you know, rough it up. And then you have to put this, you know, liquid clay stuff called slip and you have to do both surfaces and then you squish it together. And, and that's how it sticks. Well, so any any amount of uh, you know what doohickeys and curly cues, that's how it all sticks. <laughs> you have to do it that way, yep. or and, it won't stick. And so uh, when you do, you're doing, I'm thinking, um, uh, Al, of the uh, butter dishes and all those spikes and things. Uh, mm-hmm. How are you? I mean, there's there's a lot on some of those, uh, and <laughs> or even the balls. I'm thinking of how you keep them round when you're squishing them together with another piece of of clay. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and like Krista was saying, it's it's you know it's what you learn right away, but uh, keeping track of it is is the hardest thing. You know, you, you need to work with the clay when it's when it's all like the exact same level Mm -hmm. of dryness or if it's a little bit off, then you need to, 
really rest it under tight plastic for a while so it evens back out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the yeah, with, with the spikes and stuff, you know, I need the I need the curvature that they're going on to to be firm enough to be able to handle the pressure of putting the spikes on. And the spikes can't be so soft that they'll droop after I put them on. <laughs> so it's all in this like kind of soft leather hard stage. Leather hard. It, I mean, it literally looks like leather. So I do it in a soft leather hard stage when the clay is just at that perfect, yeah. um, the at cl- that perfect. The clay actually bends like a, a level piece of, of, softness. of yeah. leather, like a thick oh. leather. Yeah, it's really, it's well, yeah, it, it's well named. Okay. So you do get to know. Yeah, yeah, clay. exactly. And, and I, and I work in the soft leather hard stage, so I sometimes <clears throat> call it the suede stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I had yeah. no idea about that. And, and for those of you just tuning in, this is Art Zany Radio for the Imagination. I'm Paula Granquist. We're here in the KYMN studios with Christy Clark, who is a, a local potter who's going to be part of the Cannon River Clay Tour. And also on the phone with us is uh, Alyssa, otherwise known as Al Holen, and we are talking about the upcoming event, which is uh, happening. This is the seventh annual Cannon River Clay Tour on Saturday, the 19th of August, and Sunday, the 20th of August, 2023. Both days, it's from 10 to 5. It's a tour. You should check out the website, Cannon River Clay Tour. Four locations. You can do them in any order you want. You can do them all in one day or you know, two for one day, two for the next. Uh, there are no advanced tickets that I'm aware of you need. No, 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 nope. no tickets. Nope. And it's you just show up, come and the artists will be there. And it's just, you get to see the studios. Sometimes there's works in progress. Uh, you get to um, talk with everybody about how they achieve those different things and then fall in love with some incredible pottery. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd love to hear what you're bringing or what can when people expect when they come. Uh, Christy, you'll be out at the uh, Chris, Chris Holmquist's studio out you just go straight out Wall Street Road. Mm-hmm. Go down 4th Street, just keep going, and then it turns into a dirt road, and it'll be the first house, uh, when you hit the dirt road, it'll be the first house on the left. And do you know what color the signs are this year? or how, what people, Because usually you have markers that say this. Yeah, well, no, I can't, I don't remember. But, but there will be... Have, they'll be... There'll be arrows that will point you... <laughs> <laughs> it's and, pretty clear. <laughs> and and so or you can visit um and Cannon River Clay Tour and the map will be there yeah, too. Yeah, the, and yeah, and there'll be there'll be uh, brochures and maps at every location. Uh and Yeah, and it's um w- what I really love about this Cannon River Clay Tour. I I've done uh, I've done quite a few of, you know, different clay tours over the years and um this one I think in particular has such a nice it it's laid out beautifully. The all the artists are so good. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, what I love, too, is that, you know, because Northfield is um, a college town, you know, we've got Northfield and, and uh, Carleton there. And there's a um, there's like a, I don't know, an, an academic brilliance to a lot of the work that's brought to this. And to this, um, so, you know, it, I think people <laughs> when, when you hear about like, oh, an art fair or whatnot, there might be some, um, you know, it. There's a, I don't know, there's, there's a reputation sometimes for those kinds of shows. And I feel like this one really exceeds, um, exceeds a lot of the expectations. It's just so, um, there's so much talent and so many different creative takes on this one medium. Mm-hmm. You know, you think clay and, and sometimes I'll talk to my students as well about like clay as a medium. And I think of clay as, as being like music. You know, and there is classical and there is country and there is acoustic and there is electric. And there's all these different ways that um, that music can be. And with clay, you see the full spectrum in this show. You see the you see from from pop to, <laughs> to yeah. rap to full classical to um, to folk. And it's uh, mm-hmm. it's a really beautiful mix of people's aesthetics. I would agree with that. And that's what's fun about it is to see what's possible. Absolutely. Now, I know neither of you have things that have, or you're still working on, on firing. So some of the things you're thinking you might bring, you oh, know. Oh, yeah. Well, so, <laughs> a lot of it's done, too. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah. tell us, Christy, if we were to visit you out at the Holmquist uh, farm, what would we see of your work? Well, uh, I will have some uh, teapots. They're um, practically two-dimensional, triangle teapots mm-hmm. that uh, will hold maybe two cups. They're not 
particularly functional, but they are really interesting looking um, teapots. In fact, one of them is in the Goldstein um, Museum up at the U, mm. uh, the Goldstein Museum of Design, which I'm very proud of. And um, and then you nice. see a um, see these vases that are uh, I call them boats. Mm-hmm. They're, they're sort of two dimensional. Also, they're just kind of um, interesting, and they're on a pedestal, and they they're just. Uh, and then they have little knobs on the end of them. Um, there are, uh, I do have mugs, you know, for people who have to have something functional. And, and that's <laughs> sort of still the, the, the part of me that says, I have to do something functional. I also have these things that I, that I love that are like salt cellars, uh, that are these little things that, that are also kind of like little boats, but they're small and they have little knobs on the end and you can put them by your, by your stove, and I I uh, I have them with little uh, little spoons, and you can put salt in them, and then you can just you know cook with them, and they're they're just little art pieces. They're just like little pieces of art you can have right next to your stove. It does make for a happier home if you have little gems of things yeah. around. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And um, just another, yeah. another little thing. I have trays uh, that are. You know, you can put put some oranges on, mm-hmm. or or you know, cheese and crackers. But also, they're just they're just nice to just have to look at because the the colors and the textures are very nice to look at. Mm-hmm. And big bowls uh, that are just nice to have out. Just um, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're, <laughs> they're the you know uh, the it 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 goes from from. Rather functional to rather esoteric. Mm-hmm. I think and that's it. Just, just depends on what. <laughs> that's a, that's what, a nice what, way to put it. What are you looking for? <laughs> well, I and, got it. And I got what, it for you. That's what I've found too. Is sometimes you just walk into a place and you know a tour like this, and and there are some pieces that you just think. I don't know why, but I'm obsessed, obsessed with that. I, yeah. I want to have that yeah. as a part of my world. And you'll know when you see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and, and so occasionally that'll happen. That's I, right. Yeah, but sometimes it's more like somebody just has to have a little mug and and, mm-hmm. uh, and they're nice. They're nice. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. a little piece. It's a little piece of, 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 a, of, you know, if they can't have one of my more expensive pieces, it's more like, well, at least I can have a little piece of that bigger piece that I really liked. And dream about that when, yeah, when yeah, you maybe can. Maybe the next time they come around, maybe they can have that. Perfect. How about for you? What yeah, would you be bringing? That's, that's one of my favorite things about, about like, the, the functional mug and whatnot. A, people can always... Uh, People can always justify making a functional purchase, which, <laughs> which right. I think is funny. Um, you know, I, hey, I could use that. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, <laughs> and I, I love that about um, about what we do is that you know we get to make these art objects that people can actually like interact with, and and I, I love those relationships that get formed with the with the the mugs and the bowls that we use every day. That there's nothing in my in my home that's that store bought as as that goes all of all of our mugs plates bowls are handmade and i think that that just and and what i love is that i know everybody who made them mm-hmm. you know i i can be like oh yeah that's that dolores fortuna uh plate that i picked up at the last cannon river clay tour you know oh i had such a nice chat with her you know i get to relive these relationships when i have my breakfast and it's really nice yeah. <laughs> um but i'll and i'll be bringing i'll be also bringing uh some mugs i've got some really fun tumblers that have little rattles in the bottom so they they rattle when you uh <laughs> when you drink from them oh, and i've got uh some really fun salt and pepper shakers that have those spiky tops that's the salt <laughs> You know, again, to mm. think about how much salt you should be using, <laughs> but um, but they're they're uh, they're really fun and um and some. I really went I really went kind of deep this year on um, on bud vases. My husband and I have become I call us COVID gardeners. We really started gardening hard during the COVID um, the COVID years because we had more time at home, which was lovely. And a fairly big yard, and now our yard, we don't even need to mow it because it's all garden. And, um, and so thinking a lot about that, the growth of the season and whatnot, so I made a lot of um, 
little pillowed bud vases that are just very sweet and um, and have this nice nesting and comforting presence. And so, yeah, I, I focused a little bit on the on the flowers of the growing year and on um, objects for cooking and for consuming. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. And we should mention you'll be out at Eureka Pots, which uh, folks may know from Colleen Riley and Donovan Palmquist who host that event. And that's out just on the other end of town, the north end. Well, almost far. Yeah, I I wish I could. I wish I could give accurate directions like Christy did, but (laughs) but it's on the map. And that's how I'm going to that's how I'm going to get there. I I had the pleasure of working with uh, Donovan and Colleen. for a couple of summers when I was in graduate school, helping Donovan with some kiln building and um, and helping them with some studio yeah. building. And it was so much fun. And we've just gotten to be very good friends over the years. And I just, I love their space out there. It's just this crazy. They, they've got a, a court and steel um, uh, building that is their home. And it's just, it's a remarkable, remarkable venue. It I is. agree. And it you is. just head north on on Cedar and then take 86 right. out um, west, and there'll be signs, and it's uh, one of those roads out there before you get to the roundabout. So if you hit the roundabout, you've gone too far. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So There's folks, a roundabout out there now. Yeah, there is. Um, and the other locations are, and I'm going to, I'm Kelly, I'm so sorry because sometimes I can't remember. Is it Canole? Uh, Kelly Canole Studio? I think, yeah. Okay. I hope I'm pronouncing Kelly. her last name right. Kelly? And she's just Kelly to me. Yeah, Kelly. <laughs> um, yep. And so she also is hosting uh, several artists. And she's it, on 4th Street. Right, right in downtown. And those, um, and each studio has between five and seven uh, artists. So it's it's um, really just a, a wonderful, and we definitely have to mention Larch Hill Farm, which is mm-hmm. Glynis Lessing's uh, beautiful mm-hmm. place. And uh, that's right out of Highway 3. So you're, you're going to get the tour of all of, of our beautiful uh, part of the world. And she'll have, again, five potters there, too. And has a lovely uh, farm atmosphere. I love the um, just the, the big shed that she uses and uh, mm-hmm. the trees and the shade and sometimes cats too. Yeah. <laughs> and chickens. <laughs> chickens. You know, I, just even talking about this, I, I'm so excited to get back to Minnesota. I, I'm Minnesota born and raised. I was uh, born and raised in Minneapolis. And, um, you know, when I took this journey and decided that ceramics was going to be my life and I wanted to teach on the college level and, I didn't really understand at that time that I wouldn't really chose where I lived. You know, you, you go where the jobs are. Mm. And, um, and I've got, I, oh, I love my position here. I've, I've got a terrific position. I teach ceramics and ceramics is like my whole department. I have my own building and um, five kilns and, um, and it's just fantastic. But what we don't have that Minnesota has in spades is a big ceramics community. And I think that it's such a beautiful thing that Minnesota, you know, and it's that Warren McKenzie, um, that Warren McKenzie kind of legacy. Um, for those who don't know, he's, he taught out at university of Minnesota for many, many years and was, a um, apprentice of Bernard Leach at one time. And, um, just a, just a huge legacy potter who really left, a um, left a huge legacy with the people who he has taught and who have now infiltrated all over you know Minnesota but but just that community and you guys have the Northern Clay Center and you have all these potters working in areas all over Minnesota and and I didn't realize when I left Minnesota that that what an anomaly that is and um and I really miss it so I'm so excited to be able to come back and uh and bring pots to Minnesota. It makes me really happy. (laughs) That is so true. It is a a beautiful community. And what I found in, in conversations with various clay artists over the years is how uh, willing to help each other and to solve problems together. And, you know, you know, why did this happen? Or I tried this and it, you know, what do you suggest I should do? Or this, I want this color. How do I make the, the, you know, the, the glaze, to, to do that. Uh, and that's been, I, I think that's really important. Yeah. Well, when I first came to town uh, a long time ago, I was, I was shocked at just coming to Northfield uh, at how many potters were in town. Uh, right. I, I, <laughs> that 
I, and I remember my husband said, well, why don't you just look in the phone book? And I said, nobody puts their names in the phone book as a potter. And, <laughs> and, and for some reason that year they did, uh, because there was this thing called the, the North, the, the, it was called the Northfield, uh, craft craftsman. Oh, they, they were called the Northfield craftsman. But at any rate, um, I, I, cause I was looking for a place, uh, to, to do pottery cause I, I, we were new to town and, and there were, there were, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. There were five different potters listed in town. <laughs> And, Holy uh, cow! Yeah, That's and, and, awesome. and then I was able to just you know kind of uh, tuck in with one of the potters in town, and and get started with them. She just said, she said, oh yeah, 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 you can come in and and uh, you know work with me for a while. Mm-hmm. And nice. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and everybody knew. Yeah, Warren, it's everybody such a beautiful knew Warren thing. McKenzie, yeah. and everybody knew Peter Leach, and and it was just like. Wow, where 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 did I come? I came from Indiana at that time, and it was just like crazy. Everybody knew everybody. Oh, and nice! It, and That's it was, where I am now. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it was a desert there, and um, yeah. So it was like coming. Yeah, it's coming getting to a it's place. getting much better. Just so you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> but it but it's no Minnesota. You know, I mean, what what is? It's just. It's Minnesota is such a gem for the ceramics world. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really, I'm excited that, that I get to come back. And, you know, community is such a big part of the um, ceramics guild. You know, and any of these, any of these potters at any of these venues could be like, well, why would I want to share my space with other people? And everybody does just because it's, it's more fun and we learn from each other and we get to have these conversations with each other about our arts and our processes and what we love and what, what we're struggling with and, you know, it, it's hard to fill a kiln by yourself. It's hard to fire a kiln by yourself. And I think just being able to have that kind of community is such a wonderful, is such a wonderful thing. One thing, Al, you mentioned in in your uh, description that's on the website, which is uh, CanonRiverClayTour.com for folks who are wondering and want to join on the tour next weekend, was the idea that clay can really be a community connector and that's really been an important part wherever you've lived you've and you've taught it you know like 10 different places uh that that that's Mm -hmm. been essential to you talk about how how that happens or how how you're able to develop that and make clay as a way to bring people together yeah it's it's a big um it's always been a, a community force for me one of the very first um one of the very first ceramics shows every you know the outside art fair thing that i did um was in cedar rapids uh iowa actually and the um I, you know i was doing all sorts of raku pots at the time and and i went to i saw another person's booth and they had this beautiful blue celadon and i just said oh that's such a gorgeous glaze i love it and she said are you a potter and i said yeah i've got the I, i'm doing raku i'm a few booths over and she was like oh here i'll give you the recipe and she just wrote down the <laughs> recipe for and i thought yeah. what really yeah, you just yeah. did that and that was a big kind of introduction to me that like wow people share in this community which is a lot of why i've just always loved it and um and I started really building when when I was in grad school. I started really building like relationships into my work. So you'll see a lot of I make a lot of pillow pots where one object rests in another, is comforted by, or is perched on top of, or you know. There's all these kind of metaphorical relationships in the work based on the relationships that are developed through the studio. I here teaching at the college. I mean, I've had so many friendships and relationships that evolve out of the studio and I just think that's beautiful and um, I, you, uh, Kelly puts on it through Carleton College puts on an empty bowls event mm-hmm. and I've been doing empty bowls events for years and those those are just such a beautiful thing too you know making a bowl is something that um, well it's it's easy to make a bad bowl it's hard to make a <laughs> good bowl but, but just making a bowl you know it's it's um, grab some clay and put a hole in it, and it's essentially a bowl, you know? So yeah, it's, and it's this that, beautiful tactile thing that people can engage in without having to um, study for years and just get to have that experience touching the clay and molding it from this hunk of, hunk of nothing into something that is, you know, a, a discernible form. And I think that that's just, that's part of the glue that, keeps our community together and so I always try to support um, empty empty bowls and put those together and 
in the studio whenever I can and Right, and um, those and are reach are, out and go to Minneapolis when I can. For people <laughs> that don't know, those are uh, usually fundraisers for uh, local charities, um, you know, food pantries or different organizations that help support people. And what I love about it too is that you you know walk in and there'll be a whole table of just all kinds of different bowls and you get to sort of look at the one that draws you in and you probably get some soup mm-hmm. and a piece of yes. bread with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you can take that bowl and I've got little things on my desk with some of the bowls that I've purchased during those times. And, you know, you do get to look at it. And like you said, you can tell a story with it. Like I remember when I bought that and I hope that there's somebody else who got a bowl who's remembering mm-hmm. their connection. And- right. And then have, having that bowl, that empty bowl to remind yourself that you help fill somebody else's empty bowl. That's right. It's a beautiful thing. It's, it really is. I'm wondering as we wrap up the show, because our time is, is running out. You guys have been so fabulous, and I really enjoyed talking. Are there things oh, that so you, much fun. you're dreaming mm-hmm. up in your clay mind of, uh, you know, things in, in your imagination that you're hoping to bring to life or things that you want to, techniques you want to try? Christy, let's start with you. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't stop. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, 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 you draw things on paper, and, and then it really changes from the paper to what it is that you do in, in real life. Uh, but there's always just this, uh, this process that that goes from one thing to another and then from that to other things um that the process is is really fascinating um that i that i i think about where i started when i um about 8 years ago when i when i came back to pottery again you know where i had my ideas of what it was that i wanted to do and how it has evolved um and it just it just keeps going um and uh, and I still have more ideas. It, it's uh, sounds like you it just it just doesn't change. I mean, given it just your, keeps going. Yourself that permission to play. I, yes, yes, yes. And it, it is the playing that that. And I and I think for me that is the hardest thing because I have always been more um, strict. Um, and as an artist, that's kind of I. Uh, I'm I'm harder on myself than probably most artists. It's more like no, no, you you need to do this, and so it's harder for me to uh, I, um, to let it go. Mm-hmm. And so that when I do things, they're more. Uh, I don't know why. It's just you know psychologically. I I. Uh, but when I when I do, I, I really like what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I um I don't go all out, but I'm very careful about what I what I do make, and I I really like what I do make, and so I'm very careful about that. So, so the 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 progression is very careful, um, but I um, it's been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. we're lucky that you did decide to, you know, branch out and and try some of those uh, new things and well, those shapes that. Yeah, intrigue well, those, you. those shapes. Yeah, the intriguing shapes. The the, the shapes are, are what have have kind of guided me through through this. I'm I'm. It's the shapes. The, the way they cut through space is what I like. I just like the 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 shapes and the textures, and and the way they the way they look. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm just kind. I just let myself be guided by that, and um, yeah. And and then I just kind of work. I work with within that. I don't. I, I don't give myself. You know, if you give yourself too much space and too much, uh, um, you know, if you give yourself everything, then you just get lost. Too many possibilities. Too yeah. many possibilities <laughs> yep. is dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's because then then, yeah. you just, then you just give up and you just go. I don't know what to do. So, so what I do is, uh, and I think what most artists do, you know, you just work within, you, you do better within a, a, a smaller possibility where, mm-hmm. you know, a little area. And then when you work within that and then you just keep bursting out of those, that box. And then that's where the, the good stuff happens. I love that image. Yes, that is perfect. Yeah, me too. How about for you? What are, yeah, and, and what are you yeah, dreaming kind of? Kind of the same, um, having, having a, a set of um, just kind of a—I don't want to say rules, but but having a set of parameters that I want to work within yeah. really helps me. Um, 
and then when I feel like I've worked, I've worked those parameters, you know, then I bust out a little bit in this direction, yeah. bust out a yeah. little bit in that direction exactly. and let that magic happen. Or sometimes I'll like, if I'm like, okay, I'm going to work in, I'm going to do, um, I'm going to try to do six of these and six of these and six of these. And then I'll always prep for eight. And then if I get six done, then I'll be like, oh, well, now I can play, you know, and then I'll play with the, with the last two. And then very often from those last two, something fully new emerges. And I think, oh, I'm so glad that I, that I did that thing, but that I gave that permission to play afterwards. And then what comes of that? And then that might be the inspiration for a whole new body of work. And that's, I, I always I'm just so excited when those kinds of things happen. And I, I really sketch. I sketch a lot, sorry, during faculty meetings sometimes. but um, <laughs> I, We uh, won't tell. I sketch a lot, but I, um, think, but I really love working with my cats. I, I like working with, you know, just, um, just little, little hunks of clay and kind of working them into different shapes and uh, looking at different interactions and looking at different postures between things and those kinds of forms. I really translate, I, I translate things better if I start them in 3D. That, you both have given us so ma- so many inspirations to, you know, know that everyone out there can just pick up that lump of clay and just start right i mean anything yeah, could be possible start. never know where you go yeah but it, it, it yeah. works it works in any medium and it, it also works Absolutely. just in, in gardening or or just you know in your life i mean that's right just, just make something from nothing you can you can do it and it feels really great when you do when you yeah. accomplish that yeah or cooking yes jeez <laughs> It's all out there for the taking, and it's just a matter of us taking that initial step. So thank you for the inspiration today. I've had so much fun. We are talking about the Cannon River Clay Tour again. That's next weekend, the 19th and 20th. It is a phenomenal tour. It's 2023. This is the seventh annual, 10 to 5 every day both of those two days uh, don't need advanced tickets or, or any special routes. It's at come and go as you please. Cannonriverclaytour.com will give you all the details. And my guests today have been Christy Clark. You can get her website, Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E, Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E.com to look at some more images as well as um, Al Holen, whose website, I think I forgot to mention this before, so I want to make sure and get this in, Al, A-L, Holen, H-O-L-E-N, ceramics.com. So folks can learn more and see some of those things we've been talking about. Thank you for being here today, for both of you. Oh, thank you so much for having us. This has just been a pleasure, and it's uh, it's fun to connect ahead of time with with the Cannon River Clay Tour. So it'll be a blast. Come on out and visit us. It will, yeah. I look forward to seeing everybody. We'll see you on the Clay Tour. Folks, this is Art Zany Radio for the Imagination. I hope that you always remember to add some Art Zany to your life. And in the meantime, until next time, of course, enjoy your imagination. You've been listening to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault. Your town, your life, your radio station, KYMN Northfield.